Welcome to another episode of the PA High School Football Report. I'm Dana Benskater. He's Eric Epler. We are powered by Penn Live. It's the second week of the postseason, and unsurprisingly, Epler has climbed out of the basement into first place and picked. <laughs> and predictions. it's so hard for me to say that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's <laughs> difficult for you. I get it. I've been there. But, you know, I just I can't stay in the basement any any longer. So I just. I just decided to rise up, elevate my game, and yeah. uh, and here we are with five short weeks to go and yours truly in the lead. It's okay. Don't feel bad. Uh, you, you're you're running a tight second from the team. Yeah, I'm not hanging my head. I'm, and there's still time to catch up to you. <laughs> At least try, I think. I hope. Um, so this week, he was able to catch up with Juniatus Austin Durr and quarterback Jacob Kondo, who returned to football action over the weekend, which is awesome. Um, so other than winning, how are you doing today, Ep? I'm doing well, Jana. I'm liking this uh the the weather. The weather's been good. I think it was like 60 uh the other day. It's supposed to be a pretty good weekend. We have playoff football, which is always a good thing. So um it's a big playoff season right now. These next couple of weeks, you know, you you got all the PIAA sports coming to a head. I believe you got volleyball, you got soccer, boys and girls. You got field hockey, which you are well aware of. And some interesting results from the first couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's a good time. It's the race to uh, to the pre-Christmas shopping rush. So we got about five weeks to go uh, until we crown all our all our football champions at uh, at the Concrete Palace. So it's a it's a fun time of year for us. Yes, it's definitely festive. And uh, for field hockey, it's pretty outstanding that we have five. Mid-Pen Conference teams going on to the quarterfinals of yeah. state championship tournament. So congratulations to all those teams and good luck this weekend. Um, anything surprise you during the first week of District 3 playoffs? Uh, I thought, you know, the, the big the biggest number that we saw was was Central Dolphin East's um, defeat to Hemfield 35-2. I don't think it was a monster surprise at Hemfield, who had really been, was a 6-4 and four team, but had really a couple of close losses uh, in a very good and very solid uh, section one in the Lancaster Lebanon League this year. I mean, you know, a very dangerous man. Have Township team. Wilson was sort of on the rise since midseason, and Hemphill was put their heads right there in that in that conversation at six and four. But to defeat CDs thirty five to two was, I believe, an eye opener, and it kind of said more to me about where the Panthers were uh, between the ears uh, than uh, going into that state game. So it was a really really tough. Tough opener for them. But that was the biggest surprise. I think everything else sort of went as planned, if you will, and sort of uh, kept to the seeds. I know Big Springs Big Springs victory, obviously, was tremendous for them. You got a chance to see that game, Jana, against Conrad Weiser. Big Spring with their first District 3 postseason win, 49-35. What, do, what were your thoughts about the, about the Bulldogs? I think everyone was surprised that after Conrad Weiser had thrown the ball down the field, you know, it was a really great passing game in the first quarter. First play offensively for the Bulldogs, Connor Black wide open, you know, he's just like waving his hands like, hey, all day long. And, uh, you know, perfect pass. He runs it in for the touchdown, you know, Bulldogs on the board first. So I think, you know, they came out, they set the tone, they wanted to win. Uh, the back and forth was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, there were several times that both quarterbacks were protected that it seemed like they could count to like five Mississippi before they even thought to throw the ball. 
They had uh, several options and it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch and the Bulldogs were the ones who triumphed in the end. Yeah. Logan Klitsch was, uh, was one guy to watch. And obviously Wiser was sort of one of those flyer teams too, that had, had a bunch of talent coming back and you were wondering if they could sort of, uh, you know, elevate themselves too in that 4A bracket. Uh, Big Spring, just too tough. I mean, it's, you know, Big Spring, I think that the, the sort of perspective on them in years past where they sort of, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and, and they still have the capability to do that, but they are they can play wide open. And it obviously showed in this shootout with with Weiser. And yeah. they've been doing well all year. So congratulations to Big Spring. Uh, the other one was Upper Dolphin uh, taking out Columbia. We thought this would be a shootout. It ended in a shootout, 50 to 39 for Upper Dolphin. Eight straight now for the Trojans. I believe it's eight straight. And they get a chance now to win a district title coming up on Saturday in a tough bout, too, with your Catholics. So that's going to be something to watch for us down the road. But congratulations to Upper Dolphin on a big win. Robert Footman tried to keep Columbia around in this one. Obviously, he's a tremendous playmaker. We talked about him last week. But Upper Dolphin had the, the better side of this one. So Trojans are hot, man. It's going to be a fun one with your Catholic, who obviously is, is unbeaten and will host that championship game on Friday night. So we're going to skip the mailbag and go straight to Juniata's fearless tandem. The Indians have another vital and potentially historic matchup on Saturday when they face Pittsburgh City League champ, University Prep at Altoona's Mansion Park Stadium. <laughs> Your favorite spot. <laughs> yes, my favorite spot. Yeah, this was a lot of fun to catch up with these two guys. It was nice to include Jacob Kondo, uh, QB1 for Juniata. Uh, most will remember uh, in week three, uh, Kondo broke his collarbone and had surgery three days later uh, to repair it. And he sort of fast-tracked his rehab and got back on the field last week in the District 6 Championship win over Belfont. That's two straight district titles now for Juniata. So let's hear from the uh, fearless tandem here from Juniata. All right, we are thrilled to have a couple of Juniata Indians in the studio with us. Uh, Austin Durr, center defensive end, senior, and of course, quarterback Jacob Kondo, number 14 in your program. Quarterback and linebacker, also a senior. The Indians right now are riding a seven-game winning streak, uh, and they will take on District 8 rep uh, University City. That's the Pittsburgh City League. Saturday in Altoona, it's a pretty big game. But before we get to that one, before we revert back to old creepy Munchen Park, uh, I wanted to chat briefly about the regular season. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. How's your day going so far? Pretty good. We're uh Happy to get out of class a little bit and do this interview. Yeah, it's always a good thing. All right, uh, Jacob. Obviously, I want to welcome back QB one first and foremost uh, to the lineup. What what what's the last six to eight weeks like been like for you? Well, honestly, those first couple of weeks there was almost like a nightmare. You know, that's almost that's pretty much my worst fear uh, was having something like that happen my senior year. I've grown up on Juniata's sideline. And uh, I've just, you know, been looking forward to my senior year my whole life. And uh, when I was leaving that field week three, I, I, I didn't know what my future held. But uh, I will say these past six weeks has kind of flown by. Um, just been uh, grinding every week to get back, get my strength back, mobility back. And uh, now I feel pretty good. And uh, I still get to continue where I left off. Now, was your rehab sort of... Uh obviously surgery rehab kind of fast track or were you obviously looking to get back immediately? 
uh, you know, they gave me that six to eight week time frame, which is, I guess, what they pretty much tell everybody coming back from a surgery like that. I think, honestly, it was broken bad enough that the surgery kind of helped out because if it's not broken bad enough, they kind of just put you in a sling. You kind of have to wait it out, let that bone heal. But uh, right a week after I injured it, I was able to have that surgery and the bone was all uh, put back together and it was almost stronger than it was before. And it was just a matter of getting back mobility and strength. So just, you know, a lot of stretching, getting strength back, weightlifting, stuff like that. And obviously uh, getting used to playing football again and practicing without contact and uh, running plays, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it definitely, it almost did feel kind of fast tracked. And, uh, it mm-hmm. definitely flew by. Austin, I wanted, I wanted to turn, uh, it almost seems to me from an outsider, uh, a guy outside the program. This is, I mean, obviously it's a lot of the same guys that made the run last year, but it almost feels like a completely different team. And some of that is because Jacob wasn't under center and you turned to, to Kanegi for the, for quarterback. But it almost feels to me like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, really the pivotal part when we're looking about the regular season was almost the winning against Middletown. Uh, that seemed yeah. to kind of trigger you guys because at that point you're sitting there two and two, and then you get a really tough, hard grinding eight, seven win over Middletown. What did that win do for you guys? I think it really boosted our confidence and made us play like a team. I think it really helped us out in the long run. Now, I I, obviously, this is this is not a negative question being a different, you know, quote unquote type of team. But every time I sort of talk about Juniata, I talk about defense first. Uh, that defense has really, to me, again, and tell me if I'm wrong, has sort of triggered this run. Obviously, a run to the Mid-Pen Liberty Division title, and then, of course, a run now here to the uh, knocking on the state tournament again coming up Saturday. So do, do you feel that way, Austin, that this is sort of a diff- different kind of team than last year? I think our energy on defense is a lot better. Like, we all enjoy defense, so we have a lot of fun playing defense. Jacob, I'll ask you the same question because obviously you had to you had to sort of watch. And last year was about so much so many fireworks. I mean, you got the offense last year was just humming for you guys, but now it feels like almost if if the opposition could find a way to score on you, uh, they haven't really done that in the past seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like this is the most defensive minded team I've ever been a part of. Our kids just love it. And I think we're really deep there too. Uh, we've had a lot of, we've faced a lot of stuff that a lot of people are facing right now, you know, with COVID and everything like that. Uh, we've had kids have to miss games because of that, but we've been deep enough that we have guys that are right there every week that we can switch around in positions, throw in a sophomore or a junior in certain spots. And uh, we're deep enough that it hasn't really affected our defense. And, you know, obviously just having the, the mindset we have on defense has really just been able to, help us get through these uh, last seven weeks with no losses. All right, we're talking to a couple of Juniata Indians, a couple of two-way standouts, quarterback Jacob Kondo and defensive end or specialist, we'll call him Austin Durr. Uh, guys, has there, been, has there been sort of a player or maybe even a unit on, on this team that has really stepped up and kind of made this run possible? I know, you know, you could be senior heavy, but there's always a couple young guys that step into key roles and uh, and maybe overachieve a little bit that you see it to kind of guide this team along the way. Has there has there been anybody in, in your guys' minds that that have that, that has sort of taken on that role? 
Well, when you ask me that question, the first person that pops in my head is definitely Aaron Kanegi. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I've been a three-year starter here since my freshman year. And for him to have to step into the role that he did and do as well that he did to keep the machine running uh, is really uh, commendable. And I respect him a lot. And I told him from the get-go that he's just going to have to do everything he can to improve every week. And I think he did that. And he was able to get us through the rest of that season with no losses in mid-pen Liberty and uh, an 8-2 and two record at the end of the day. Austin, you just feel the same way? Yeah. I also think Seth Lobb has been running the ball very well, and he yeah. plays. He shows up on defense every week. It's nice to have him out there with us. Yeah, those guys have definitely been two key contributors for sure and will continue to be, obviously. Um, who's got the best nickname on the squad? There's got to be a couple good nicknames. I'll ask each one of you can answer this. Who, who do you think has got the best one? I like Gigi's nickname. His real <laughs> name is uh, Janiel, but we call him Gigi. I think his nickname is pretty cool. That's pretty good. Uh, you you want to think about it, Austin? I can't think of anybody else. Probably Gigi. <laughs> Definitely probably. Right. We'll stick with Gigi. All yeah. right, we're, we're going to uh, – we're going to turn our t- attention here to uh, obviously the quote unquote state tournament now, which is exactly where you guys sort of wanted to be again. Most people will remember last year trying to get that first state W, an epic, epic performance for you guys. Uh, and it boiled down to a one point loss to Oil City right there at Mansion Park. You guys are going back now to face university prep on Saturday at one o'clock. Have you gotten a chance to sort of see any film on university prep so far? I know it's still early. Yeah, we have seen some film here. Uh, we got from their last two games. We haven't seen a whole lot yet. Obviously it's still early in the week and uh, we haven't really had practices to go against uh, our scout team of what they look like yet, but we do know they have athletes and they're fast and uh, we go in every week respecting everybody we do play. and. Uh, we we definitely feel that they got a pretty good team they got over there put together. Did this stage, getting to this stage and, and even beyond it, obviously, did that go right on the calendar after after this stage last year, after the game with Oil City? Oh yeah, yeah. Like when we left that field, that was what we were saying is like, you know, obviously with all the respect to our seniors last year that weren't gonna be back, us underclassmen were saying, you know. We need to remember what this felt like, what this felt like to lose by one point in a state playoff game and come back. And uh, our school has never done that before, won a state playoff game. So we, we, our ultimate goal was to come back next year and win one, if not a couple, playoff games. And uh, obviously, everybody wants to be number one. Our goal is to be number one. So right. we, we want to play in the state championship. We want to be in Hershey Park. That's everybody's goal. Is it tough, Austin, not to look ahead? I mean, you get to this point because the season, the season sort of, it's a grind, but it does go fast. You know, you've got, uh, you've got your, you know, 18 hours to prepare for the next opponent. And then next thing you know, it's Friday night. Next thing you know, you're on to the next opponent. So it does, it does move fairly quickly. So is it, is it difficult once you get to the stage, you've now locked up a second D6 title? which was exactly what you guys were going to do to get to this point again. But is it tough now knowing that there's just five, really five weeks left 
you know, in the, in the whole shebang to not look ahead. Yeah. We should just look at every week and take every opponent with confidence and respect to them and work hard every single week to make sure we have a good practice and a good game every week. But Jacob, how, how's coach held up in all of this? Obviously it, it wasn't easy on him, I guess, you know, losing his trigger man there in week three either. Yeah. He's held up pretty good. He's, we've done a good job. Just like Austin said, taking everything week by week, focusing on the team that we play that week, all week long, and uh, try not to look ahead too much. Well, gentlemen, I think that's great for us. Uh, we certainly appreciate your time. I'm glad I could wiggle you out of school work for a little while. That's always a good thing. Uh, best of luck on Saturday and obviously beyond. We're going we're gonna to just shift you beyond that because that's what we do. We project things like that. It's part of our job. So yeah. uh, thanks again. Best of luck and uh, congratulations so far on a tremendous season. And we'll be keeping an eye on you. Thank you. Yeah, right thank there. you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, gents. Yep, you too. Special thanks to Austin and Jacob again. It's just your recovery is outstanding. Wish I had the opportunity to talk to you, but uh, very glad that you're back on the field and that uh, you guys are having an outstanding finish to your postseason or continuation of your postseason. Um, but speaking of tough-minded players, F, we wanted to identify three important names to watch this week inside the District 3 postseason. Who you got? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys, obviously, you can mention, too, as we get down a little closer to uh, crowning some champions here. We're going to have two championship rounds this weekend. Friday night, Upper Dauphin and York Catholic go for the 2A title. And, of course, at Saturday, high atop Steelton at uh, Cottage Hill. Steel High will try to go for another District 3 1A title uh, when they take on DeLone Catholic. So it'll be a good championship round here coming up. But uh, Cameron Harbaugh, the quarterback for Hemfield, is one guy you got to watch. Hemfield, the Black Knights, are going to go to Severance Field Saturday to take on Harrisburg. Obviously, Harrisburg is one of the favorites to win a district title. Penfield played phenomenally smart, efficient, tactical, whatever you want to say about their victory over CD East, 35-2. to There were a lot of heroes in that football game. Obviously, the, the two defensive guys up front, David Palapeli and uh, Caleb Elslager, were tremendous on the defensive side of the ball for Hemfield in that 34-2 win. That defense turned CD East over three times on downs and then picked off three passes and just were a mile ahead of the Panthers all night. Harbaugh was really impressive to me. It was the first time I got a chance to see him in person. I've seen some film on him earlier in the year. He's the guy you name first when you talk about Hemfield, and rightly so. He's really smart and sort of the way he sort of dinks and dives and sort of sets up the plays and sets up defenses was pretty impressive on Friday night. Can he do that against Harrisburg? Harrisburg, obviously, their defense is a little bit faster, a little bit stronger up front. They're going to need to protect him and at least give him a little bit of time in this one. So I'll be interested to see what Cameron Harbaugh can do against the Cougars. I think he may keep them in this uh, for a little while. But I think in the end, Harrisburg probably has a little better strength offensively to attack and maybe playing from ahead. So uh, that was something that Hemfield didn't have to factor in against CDEs. They were always ahead. So he's one guy we're keeping an eye on. Uh, Two guys from Shippensburg, Carter Funk, who was sort of a DT, but also 
kind of backs up to as a linebacker. And Carter Faust, the strong safety for Shippensburg. These two guys often get overlooked in this defense for Shippensburg because of the big bad uh, Anthony Smith up front, the Minnesota pledge. But these guys are important, really important uh, spokes on this defensive wheel for Shippensburg. And now they're going to face a running back like Jonte Morris. Uh, I know Morris got nicked up in the first round win, but this is a really good Cedar Cliff rushing attack. So that's one end. They, they've got to sort of make the Cedar Cliff one-dimensional because this is an offense that can torch you pretty quickly with their really strong wideout crew. So look for these two guys to be making plays. If if these two guys are clogging the lanes, then Shippersburg has a legit chance to move on to the semifinals. So we'll look for those two guys too. The last guy is Tate Leach from Middletown. Tate Leach is always one of the smallest guys on the field. If you had to name the Lion for Middletown, it would be Tate Leach. This is a tough assignment for Middletown. They have to go to the A field. Why missing to play in the 3A semifinal? Why missing, as you know, Janet, has just been thunder rolling over everybody in their path. So I feel like Tate really needs to deliver a couple big plays against why missing because this is not a Spartans team that's going to allow very long, sustained drives. As good as Tajay Brody has been running the football for Middletown, why missing is very well equipped to shut that running game down. So they're going to need a few big plays from Tate Leach to stay in this one. So he'll be a guy we'll be looking at as well. For big games of the week? I mean, locally, obviously, you're still in District 3 playoffs. Wilson at Central York is very, very intriguing. Uh, again, we talk a lot about Bo Perbula, uh, the quarterback for Central York. Just an absolute gamer, a kid that ref- refuses to let his team lose. Um, but this is one of the best defenses that they will face. And Wilson has a very big play offense as well. And they've got one of the best kick returners uh, that we've seen in quite a long time. So Wilson has been, Wilson sort of has the chops now. They've been one of the hottest teams since midseason. So it'll be interesting to see that one. That's Friday night at Panther Stadium, 7 o'clock in 6A. The other one's the championship game in Steelton on, on Saturday at War Veterans Memorial Field. Uh, DeLone Catholic and Steel High. Steel High, as you know, has not played. Was idle last week. Uh, and they're coming into this championship round on the two losses, back-to-back losses to Big Spring and Boiling Spring. Two teams that they were expected to sort of struggle against, but they really did struggle. So it's important for them to kind of snap back, uh, hike up their britches and say, all right, it's time to go now again. And they have the athletes to get this done and, and win another title. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that one as well. Statewide? Statewide, boy, there's a lot of big choices. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to stick in Philly. This one will happen Saturday at Franklin Field on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. St. Joe's Prep and LaSalle College High School will go. Uh, one of these teams are going to wind up probably facing Parkland and Oromaeus in the 6A quarterfinals, and that'll be for the right to face the District 1 champ. So this is a really important and sort of exciting stretch for Eastern PA football here in, in the big classification. And that winner between one and probably one of these teams, they're going to come to Hershey in December. So the other one we're going to move west, we'll, uh, we'll check out with Clearfield at Bedford. This is two 3A ranked foes uh, in a sub-regional round. And um, 
The winner here is probably going to get the District 6 rep in Central Martinsburg. And it's very likely that one of these two teams, at minimum, is going to wind up in the state semifinals. Uh, these are three really good, strong programs. And um, I'm interested, interested to see the next step on this one, whoever faces Central, because Central has been slamming folks. And, uh, and these two teams are often overlooked because it's District 9 and it's District 5. And we in District 3, with the Harrisburg Metroplex, as I like to refer to it, is, uh, you know, we often overlook some of these districts out west, uh, the smaller districts. But these are two really good representatives, uh, the really the best they have. So I'll be looking at that one, too. As always, very exciting to see our young athletes during such a highly competitive time um, in our occupation. It's just a great fun, fun experience for us to see such quality players on the rise. But um, thanks to everyone who you joining us, listening to us on the podcast. Remember to tweet up with any PIAA postseason high school football questions. If they pop up, um, you can get him at 3Jacker. And if you can't get him, hit me up at jbenz51. Have a great weekend.